Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey, lighting fans, and welcome to another week of our show. I'm excited this week. Um, It's been, gosh, it's been a busy season. I don't know if I've mentioned that here on the show, but it has just been a busy month or two. But I'm excited to answer your lighting questions today. And so what I'm going to do today is uh, we got a few Q&A questions. Thankfully, uh, not too many. It's been a little less busy there. We also got some really exciting news today. And uh, I've got some other things to tell you that I'm really pumped. Um, and so stay tuned for all that. Now, if you are new here to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast, head over to learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. Link in the show notes, of course. And um, you're going to be able to take a, a quick little quiz that's going to send you a free guide to help you get started with lighting in your particular context. So whether that's band, DJ, theater, or um, church, uh, we'll, we'll send you that free guide when you complete those couple quick questions helps us uh, really match things up with you and just get a better understanding of, uh, of who is, is getting this information. Is it people who are brand new? Is it people who have a little experience so that I can create the most helpful lighting stuff for you? Now, news, as I've mentioned uh, last week, the Pro Light and Sound Show was just happening over in Europe, over in Germany, and there's some new stuff that I really want to highlight here that we've finally gotten some more info on um, from both that and actually the USITT show that I had gone to a few weeks prior. So the first we had mentioned last week, I believe, about the Onyx Dialos um, pixel mapping engine, and I'd mentioned that they were obviously showing it at the show, but we didn't have a lot of information. And so I reached out just on the Facebook group and I said, Hey, um, you know, we want to see some more information because I had talked to a few of my folks, um, that I know at Alation here in the U S um, and you know, they didn't really have a lot of information to give me. And I was like, Hey, it's live there in Europe. I, I would love for anybody who was there to tell me what they saw and what they thought of it. And so there's some new videos from Eric Loader. Um, he works for Elation, and I'm going to have a link in the show notes as to where those are. But it's it's really cool. They're calling it, again, the Dialos Pixel Composer. And what I appreciate about it, like everything, and, and, and what makes this special, at least from this very alpha, this very new um, look at this software, it's, it's obviously very base level at this point. It's not refined. It's not bug free, but it's there and it's working and it's really cool. And so what's cool about it is like everything else in Onyx, everything, every aspect of this pixel composer seems to be built around the ability to do things on the fly and to be able to control everything just like you would any other light in the console. So inside of Dialos, it appears that you can play back media such as videos and images that you bring in, but there's also going to be definitely a wide variety of generated effects. And the great thing about generated effects, what makes them so much better than video loops, is that you're able to quickly and easily change, you know, the size and the texture and the color of these video effects to seamlessly match them with your show. That's something that you can't do as much with a regular video clip. And so um, in the past, you might have heard me when we talk about pixel mapping, I talk about Entex Elm a lot. And I love Elm. It's a great program. Um, Dialos here that's going to be built into the Onyx consoles. Looks like it's going to 
it's going to be a really great pixel mapper as well. Um, I, I definitely can see from these previews, I'm kind of rewatching one of them now as I talk about it, um, that it's going to have some strong points that Elm's not going to have. And there's going to be some places where Elm's going to be stronger um, and Dialos is not going to be as strong. And so I think, though, that, um, you know, in talking on Facebook with the lead developer, Matthias Hendricks, uh, I really believe that this is going to be a really great addition. As a lot of you probably know, if, if you've worked with Onyx for a while, like, like I have, and I've been using the software for at least five years now, um, when this team puts out a new feature and they integrate something new in the console, it is like a full integration, like it's always, always been there and, and like it just works and it, um, and whenever they add in new things, it's not like some add on some little thing that's just like, oh, here, we threw this in on the side. It's, it's something that's fully integrated and really works with the workflow um, and allows you to create amazing shows, which is ultimately why we're here. And so it's really cool. And the bonus is, of course, that when it does eventually come out, um, sources seem to say that hopefully that's going to be this year that um, it will be included on the consoles, included in the software, so you can run it in your show. Really cool stuff there. Another cool thing that was debuted actually at USITT at the theater show was ETC's Augmented. Um, if you look at the name, it looks like Augment 3D, but they pronounce it as Augmented. And I've got a video on YouTube uh, that I just watched over again that, that really goes through it. And what this is, is basically a 3D visualizer meets real life. And so at this point, like some of the features in it are definitely a little gimmicky in my mind, but it's also very cool. And so what makes it different from a visualizer is that it's got full integration with their consoles and it's really designed with the theater world in mind. Okay, so it's really designed for theater people more than anything else. But it allows you to go in your space, especially with moving lights, and, and draw out your space physically. Then you, you've basically got a 3D visualizer, but you can move your mouse around and you can move lights around with your mouse or on a touchscreen on your 3D visualizer, and they'll move in the real space. And as long as you're accurate with how you set things up, or at least close, things are going to hit where they're supposed to. And then you go ahead and you set up some targets and you calibrate the system. Um, they say you can do it with just four targets at the corners. And um, and then, you know, the lights are going to point where you want them to. And you can also go on stage with an app and, and point the lights from your phone with an app. Now, that part, to me, looked a little gimmicky. Just the whole grabbing your phone and selecting individual lights. It, when the guy was doing it overall, it wasn't that fast and even when he used the the find me feature, which is kind of cool, um, the lights still, um, you know, they it, it's not something that you could go click a few times on a phone and be show ready. Um, you're still going to have to put in the time to, to set up the focus on the console if you want it to look right. So, you know, very cool, though, very much worth a look. And I think it's definitely a glimpse into the future, into where things are going. Actually, Onyx, the software that I, I really like for professional-level productions, um, they had a feature like this with the program called Martin Show Designer back in the Martin MPC days, and they've teased that they're going to bring it back uh, and integrate it with Capture in this way, where you can literally go in the visualizer and focus the lights by clicking and moving your mouse. And, and this is a very similar thing, but they've, they've ETC's done a good job. They've put some cool stuff in there, like you can bring up labels, 
Um, so you can look at the the pool of light on the floor and then say, hey, what light is this? And, and, and you can find out. And so a lot of cool stuff in there. I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, it, it's only going to be something that's available for ETC consoles. But definitely if you're in a more theatrical world, it's 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 worth a look. And, and even if you don't ever plan to use an ETC console, and, you know, that's not the type of work you do. Um, I think it's worth a look for everybody to see, hey, this is where the future is going in lighting. And, and it's pretty cool, the ability to be able to do as much offline when you're not connected to the rig as you are when you are in a, connected to the rig. And even when you're connected to the rig, being able to have that extra feedback, um, not just as to what light's on and what light is doing what, but but where lights are pointing and all that, that good stuff. So with that said, it's Q&A day, the day where we answer your questions. And we've got some good ones today. Not too many, but that's all right. Um, first one comes from Harold. And he says, we're having an issue with our overhead stage lights. Every time we change the bulbs, they will be burnt out again um, within one month to two months. Okay, within one to two months. Around half of them will do it. I don't know if we're using the wrong bulbs or doing something wrong. Any ideas? Appreciated. Thanks, Harold. All right, Harold. So what you probably have here, and I don't know what type of bulbs you have, uh, what type of lights you've got, but what you've probably got going on is that your sockets are going bad. And this is pretty common, especially over time with a lot of different uh, conventional lights that take bulbs where your sockets go bad. And so you're going to need to order some new sockets and, and replace those or hire someone to come in and replace them. Um, that's really the only fix for this. What happens is the sockets start to go bad and then um, the lights don't get a good electrical connection and therefore the bulbs burn out much, much faster. And so <clears throat> my money is probably on that. Um if that doesn't seem to be the issue, then and sockets are usually pretty inexpensive, you know, under $20 a piece. And then um, you'll also want to check before that, just bringing all your lights up to full. Excuse me. And then you'll want to go ahead and meter the power and, and see if you're getting good, clean power at, you know, 110 to 120 volts um, or, you know, somewhere between 110 and 125 volts, say, is, is probably where they should be. Um, that, that part is most probably fine, considering most of your lights are working. Um, so the problem is, is, again, likely those sockets. Joseph writes in and says, um, I'd like to ask your help with regards to the lights I have. Please see the attached photos, and I can see them here. Um, and so his problem is that his DMX controller output is, um, is male, but the um, needs to be mailed, but the light, what's labeled as the input, um, is mail as well. And so here he's looking at mail to mail and uh, doesn't know what to do. So, Joseph, the, the cool thing about DMX, and I know you wrote me a follow up that you figured it out even before I answered this, but this is this is good knowledge for everybody. So, the important thing to know about DMX is it's not like some other protocols where there's a definite input and a definite output, okay? The input and the output on a DMX light are really just a general purpose, you know, two plugs that provide the input and output. It, they, they both go to the same place, and it's, it's what's called a bus configuration. So what you can actually do if, if all your lights are the same and your controllers um, are just opposite, you literally can... Uh, make an adapter. You can use a mail-to-mail -mail adapter. Or you can just wire your lights literally backwards, 
going from the console to the output of the first light, out of the input to the output of the next light, out of the input, etc. Because when we're talking about DMX, the inputs and outputs aren't truly like a one-way thing. Um, they're really just a bus that drives by and the light grabs the signal and takes a listen in. So those are some options there. You can totally use an adapter so that um, your lights are all wired you know, correctly, input, output, input, output. But you could also just wire up an adapter. Uh, you could, or rather, you could just wire everything backwards. Like I've done it in a pinch once or twice. And you know what? It works just fine. All right. Nedislav writes in and says, I have a question about Entech DMXs. We are a band without a light guy, and we want to control the lights from our DAW, or Digital Audio Workstation. Can I make a preset for our light show that I can play every night on different kinds of lighting equipment, depending on the club that we are playing at, um, without having to program the light show from the beginning to adapt for different equipment? All right, so Nedislav, I'm going to call you Ned for short. I hope that's okay. Um, the, the answer is that DMXs overall is a pretty simple program, and there's not really any way to generically program things or do what's called cloning in, in more advanced consoles to take information from one light and tell another light to use that information. Um, there's really no way to do that. So there's a few ways that I like to coach people around this because it's a question that I get a fair amount. The first is say you're a local band and you're really just playing four or five different venues, maybe less, and you want to use their gear as well as your gear. Well, then what you could do is get the list of their gear and where the DMX addresses are, and then set your DMX addresses to somewhere else to not where their gear is. Then program your show with your gear. Um, do that first. And then what you can do is, you know, save your show, copy your show basically um, in DMXs, make a new version that's just for that club and program their lights into it. Then when you go to the next club, do it for that club. And if it's only four or five, you know, that's fairly manageable. But you're, you're probably listening to me and you're like, okay, David, you know, that's more work than I want to do. Well, in that case, you're going to need to move on from DMXs. Uh, DMXs is a simple program and it does one thing well. It makes shows with your gear as a band from the stage really easy to program. And it's a great software, but it, it, part of its simplicity and ease of use is that it's fairly limited. And so what I would recommend doing is checking out Onyx. Um, I, I talk about Onyx a lot here and you can find it. There's a great article on Learn Stage Lighting that we'll link to here called um, How Do I Begin With Onyx? And Onyx is a professional grade lighting console. And one thing you're going to find in professional grade consoles is the ability to do something called cloning, where you say, okay, I've got this light that's programmed in my show. It might be a moving light. It might be an LED, whatever. And then I come in this venue and I've got some other light. So I go ahead and I patch the other light. I put it into my console. And then I do something called cloning, which takes the information from my light that I've pre-programmed and literally copies it to the new light. It says, whatever that light I pre-programmed for, copy all that information to this new light so that the new light does whatever that old light was doing exactly. It's an exact copy of it. And then you can you can modify that and you can work with it as you go. But the, the simple way of doing it is just to clone it like that. And then if you want to run Onyx from your DAW, 
um, you're able to trigger it as well via MIDI. And so this actually brings me to a great segue um, for those of you that I was going to mention a little bit of an, an announcement here, which is that inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs, we've got a brand new expanded full action plan called Automatic and Live. And so I've mentioned Learn Stage Lighting Labs here a lot before, obviously, and um, it's, it's my premium membership where for a really low cost, you can gain access to a wide variety of in-depth video trainings as well as personalized feedback in the forums as you learn. And, um, and so we've retooled Automatic and Live. What it was before was basically a way to show people how to use Ableton or another DAW, which is Digital Audio Workstation, to control their lights in DMXs. Now it's expanded. It's a full action plan that goes into not only MIDI triggering, but also time code and how to generate and send that out of programs like Ableton, Reaper, QLab, and then how to receive it on the other end by DMXs or DPro by Entech or Onyx, okay? Those are the three consoles I've done initially, but I'll be doing more in the future. And so this full complete guide is, is part of Learn Stage Lighting Labs, and you can learn more about Learn Stage Lighting Labs at learnstagelighting.com slash labs. And it is a fully included piece of it. Um, if you join today, you'll get full access to that plus anything that I add to it in the future as long as you stay a member. And, and so if you're looking to do um, what Netislav is looking to do, you need a more advanced console. And you're like, how do I make all this stuff work together? You know, audio tracks and MIDI and possibly time code and a lighting program. And how do I make them all talk? Well, inside of this action plan within Learn Stage Lighting Labs, I'm going to show you exactly that. So that's it for today's questions, guys. Um, again, be sure if you want to learn more about a lot of the things we're talking about here, be sure to check out LearnStageLighting.com and especially Learn Stage Lighting Labs, because that'll really give you a great shortcut to getting this stuff down. You can find more about that at learnstagelighting.com slash labs. And show notes for today's episodes are going to be found at learnstagelighting.com slash 063. And then I can't wait to see you guys next week. I've got a really exciting segment popped up. Um, it might sound nerdy, but we're going to talk about gobos. If you've ever heard about gobos, they're patterns that you can put in lights to shine on a wall. They're often in moving lights. And we're going to talk about gobos because it's really easy when you're new, especially to take gobos at face value to just say, okay, that's a pattern. I can put it on the wall. Hooray. But there's a lot more you can do. And I'm going to talk about that next week and show you, uh, at least audibly, tell you things that you can do to get the most out of your gobos and create some really amazing looking stuff that you might not have even known was possible. I'll see you guys there. Be sure to subscribe to the Lawrence Stage Lighting Podcast here. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.